Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or a hot topic on everyone's screen. My Crisis Squad and I are here to find solutions. Today, Crisis Squad members Jennifer Hellman and Dr. Cheryl Ziegler are here. Jen is CEO of Goff Public. She focuses on public relations and reputation rehab. Dr. Ziegler is a clinical psychologist and author who reminds us to assess the whole person before we rush to judgment. They are here to dive into the case file I call Social Media Mayhem. The U.S. Surgeon General issued a health warning on the risk of social media for the mental well-being of children and adolescents. Dr. Vivek Murthy noted, we're in the midst of a national youth mental health crisis, and he points to social media as an important driver of that crisis. Here's a shocking stat. The CDC's National Center for Health Statistics reported 15% of U.S. children aged 5 to 17 received treatment for mental health conditions in 2021, the most recent reporting year. Dr. Z, what are your concerns about social media when it comes to the mental health of kids? There's a lot of concerns. The first one would be that kids are being exposed to social media at earlier ages where their brain cannot possibly sort through all of the information, manage the dopamine hits that they're getting from it, and not go into a style that feels addictive and highly exposed to violence and other sexualized kind of content, social nuances. The first thing I'm concerned about is the earlier ages of these kids and their exposure. They just can't make sense of all of the information that they're getting and they're seeing and they're having to process. Jen, how are social media engines reacting to these very real concerns? They're reacting appropriately. And and I think this is true for any brand that sells anything that could be unhealthy, whether you're selling alcohol, snack foods that are not healthy. You have to be aware of the harms that your product can cause, recognizing that we are in a society where people should have access to information, be free to use that information, but they have to recognize the harms that it can cause, be transparent about it, and then offer solutions. And that's what we're seeing the social media companies doing right now. They're saying, we recognize this. They're putting together teams that are partnering with national organizations that can help. They're putting safeguards on their sites. A good example would be TikTok. They have guides and tools in their search results so that when users search for terms that are consistent with eating disorders, they offer resources and ways to help. If a user searches for terms related to suicide, they're directed to local support resources, such as a crisis text helpline. So there are many things that are happening and that will need to continue to evolve as they're seeing how young people are using these platforms and how it's turning out negative, right, where the harm is so that they can anticipate and help fix. Dr. Z, this topic really is where free will and free expression do collide. What would be your ideal if this could even be legislated? I'm on the side of getting kids to not be able to go on these platforms at these young ages. Right now, we have the age of 13. That's when they're supposed to be on. We know that there are millions of kids under the age of 13 on these platforms. 
social media sites are now putting in more regulations and more parental controls. Here's the reality. Parents, they don't know how to use these things. Their kids are one, two, ten steps ahead of them. And even though, yes, it'll pop up maybe and say, if you are in a crisis, you know, dial 988 for the national suicide line, kids will just go right over that. So it looks good that they're making these efforts, but in my opinion, they're really, really late to this game. And we have a real generation of parents that just don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. They don't even sometimes know what is Snapchat, what is TikTok. And so I'm concerned that kids are on there younger, parents are undereducated, social media sites have known for years that these kinds of platforms are causing increased levels of depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts, and it is just now that they're finally responding to it. So Jen, it seems that these brands care, but at the same time, they've got stockholders, shareholders to report to. So money does play into all of this. Of course, they need to care or there will be too much backlash. But when you're thinking about do they care enough that any backlash is going to seem like enough harm to them that they need to come up with the solutions themselves? Or do we believe that government knows enough about social media to be able to legislate it appropriately? And think about this is even like when the internet first came out, right? We all of a sudden had all kinds of access to information and ideas, good and bad, that we didn't before because there was no longer a gatekeeper. What responsibility do our teachers and our schools have to educate students on the risks and how to respond to it? But I don't know who's supposed to educate the parents. Well, exactly. And even if a school says, okay, we're going to have this learning session for parents only, really giving you some tips and tricks, you can't mandate the parents to do that. You can just hope they voluntarily come to it. So let's talk about law. What could legislators do? Well, we can look at what Utah and Montana are trying to do, which is to actually ban the actual social media app from their state. They're getting some traction. We've heard it all the way from the president. Do we ban TikTok because we know that there are some real privacy issues going on there? Does an 11-year-old or does a parent really think to themselves, oh, what privacy issues, right? So we have government saying we're concerned about privacy issues. And then we have parent activist groups saying we're concerned about what this is doing to mental health. I think we're writing the story right now as we go along. I'm not sure what will actually happen, but I do know that I think big, swift measures have to happen when the data says, because of this, we're seeing these increases in, we're in a, in mental health, not just even crisis, but actual state of emergency. And so I like the swift, bold action, and we'll see where that lands. These are also teenagers and pre-teenagers whose entire world is social, right? And they need to find ways to communicate with each other. Back in our day, it was passing notes in the hallway. When those notes ended up getting nasty and enough people knew about them, adults would intercept that, right? And would have a conversation and would talk about the right way that you treat people. So I do think adults and educators really have to be the key here because Teenagers are always going to find a way to communicate with each other, but it's up to the grown-ups to help them learn how to do that in a responsible way that respects others. And unlike banning cigarettes in a restaurant or banning them on the school grounds, the very act of banning an app that is meant to be some sort of communication app 
is actually going to have some real constitutional issues. So that is what I see as one of the biggest hurdles for any kind of law if we go on an all-out ban. Legislators can put in sort of age regulation. We've seen it everywhere, right? Alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is. So that's probably where I see some of this going. But I mean, Dr. Z, I agree with you. There are so many reasons to ban even just the use of the phone. But Jen, it does come down to the parents. If your parent says you can have a phone when you're eight years old and another has to wait till 16, that's completely two different households we're living in. Yeah, there are two developmental stages that are really different from one another. We don't yet have the research to even back up what we're trying to do. And I think that's one of the pieces that Dr. Murthy is really trying to get across, which is we need the money and the funding to do the research to really understand how is this impacting different kinds of kids, because we know it impacts them differently, meaning social media, and also what would be the right age? Is it 16? Is it 18? We don't know. We don't have the data. And Generally, when it comes to public health issues, we don't make decisions without data. So the funding really needs to be there. Lots more to come on this topic. It definitely is in a state of mayhem. Thank you to Crisis Squad members Dr. Cheryl Ziegler and Jennifer Hellman for your insights. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Spoke 612 Productions. Number one. Talk to your kids about the risk of social media long before your child has access. Let them know where you stand. Kids do listen, even when you think they don't. Number two, if your kids use social media, understand those tools, set guidelines, and look into whether parental controls are an option for your family. Number three, consider age. Is your child old enough to handle everything coming at them? Abide by the current guidelines of age 13. They're in place for a reason. Spoke 612 Productions takes your ideas and brings them to life. Linda, Sarah, and Matt are committed to excellence and inclusivity. As a WeBank-certified women-owned production company, Spoke 612 inspires awareness and delivers impact through storytelling. When you put your project in their hands, Spoke 612 draws on their own talents and experience to ensure they tell the best possible version of your story. Visit their portfolio at Spoke612.com. Thank you to our podcast producer, Kim Inslee, and audio engineer, Tom Hamilton. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. <laughs>